0: Friends, time to find your balls. My name is Jeff Stuckey, again, in the shotgun position. Greg Allen, hands on the wheel. How are you, Greg Allen?
1: I'm doing good today. I'm a little uh, at ease based on where we might head today compared to past (laughs) episodes. Have the past been traumatic for you or what? A little bit. It's been a learning experience. Last week wasn't bad, was it? Oh, no. Everybody talks about porn as you walk down the street. Porn was two weeks ago, man. You still... (laughs) It's stuck. stuck back there. It is stuck, Jeff.
0: What, what, what's got you so stymied? Well,
1: it was really is that the right use of that word, stymied. That's I doubt not it, my, but oh. we're going to move it like it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it was that I was so resistant to talk about it because I had my views and I didn't think that they should be. Uh, opened up. But you brought up the idea that this is something we have to talk about. Not that you're promoting it, but let's talk about it if it's so popular and it has such a potential for destruction. So that's interesting. What
0: was your what what was the resistance part inside like just having the conversation at all or what did you find yourself resisting?
1: Yeah, like so I get caught up in a a right or wrong kind of idea and I was just I had already put that in a box. And it's like, I don't need to open that box. I know that that is not a healthy thing. But apparently the whole world is thinking something that's slightly different or they're not concerned with their health.
0: Right, and which that could be true. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not concerned. Okay. And again, to my point, it's like when Pornhub itself is the third most popular website on the internet, <laughs> Hey, yeah. hey guys, should we, should anyone talk about this yeah, or should we just ignore it? So then you at you, your curiosity would be, okay, so if we accumulated all the porn sites, I'm pretty right. sure that quickly goes above Amazon. <laughs> like, Hey, Hey, anybody, yeah. should we have this conversation? Right. But right. I can relate to that to a degree because it still is not completely comfortable for me to bring that up. And I don't know exactly, I don't know if that goes back to my religious roots from childhood, you know, because we kept our porn magazines hidden in the woods and (laughs) we had to go through a lot of trouble to find them and, you know, that sort of thing. And people would steal our stash. And, all, and and of course, you know, we had to keep that very much hidden. Yeah. Like I can't imagine, God bless teenagers today, having <laughs> yeah. a cell phone in the palm of your hand. But it's still not an entirely comfortable conversation for me to have, much less to put out there in the ethos of mm-hmm. the podcast world where it's like, okay, anyone could listen to this and who's that guy saying we need to talk about porn, I can get that resistance to that. And I think that kind of segues a degree into what we want to talk about today.
1: Yeah, that was good. I was wondering if you were going to... Did you see that? Yeah, that was a good connection. I'm a trained professional. (laughs) It pays to be a shaman. That's right. So today we want to look at uh, secrets. So how does that affect our, our mental health, our emotional stability? What's that about, you know? Can you open that up for us?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I was somewhat recently introduced to some research by a a guy by the name of Michael, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name, so... Um, but he'll never hear this. So that's okay. But Michael (laughs) Slepion, it was a reminder of some things that I had already experienced. He has done significant research in the area of secrets. And so that just kind of got me thinking about this again. And then also our conversation about pornography and the fact that you know, it's almost like our natural incl- inclination is to keep that a secret. Like, hey, we should, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter that everybody's <laughs> into this. We just shouldn't talk about yeah. it. Then I got to thinking about, you know, the things that we hope to accomplish with men through our podcast, through our training process, and that conflict that we have of our vulnerable emotions. And Dr. Slepion was talking about the fact that it's less about the content of the secret, but it's the process of secrecy. Oftentimes we will think that a secret is just, you know, something huge, right? Like an affair or an addiction or I don't know, whatever, right? And it most certainly is those things, but then we may tend to not give as much credibility to other kinds of things that we haven't even attached the process of secrecy to. And so I think it's important for us in general to understand how secrecy works in us, but particularly how it thwarts us as men in a day in and day out basis in ways that we are probably completely unaware of.
1: So you're saying that we don't need to dive into the the content of what the secret was, but just rather the, the process hmm. of having a secret and maintaining it right and what that does to 100%.
0: It. So when you think about what is a secret, you know there's there's two things that are significant about it. A secret is something that I feel a necessity, an absolute imperative to keep hidden. Then the second part of that is, I fear the impact, the results of its disclosure. So that necessarily is the process of secrecy. Okay. So anything conceivably could fit within that
1: process. So like I was, I was thinking, yeah, so the affair or the addiction are the main things that would go in that box, but you're saying it could be anything. It just could be.
0: Absolutely anything. I have, I've had countless experiences as a therapist where clients have come to therapy and they have a secret. Now, some of them will say it in those terms. I've got this secret that I've been keeping my entire life or others. They can't even say that. It's almost like they can't even articulate why they're in therapy. It's like, Hey, you've been here for like five weeks now. (laughs) what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. But I can remember, here, here's an example. I had a client many, many years ago. I'd put him mid to late sixties. I can vividly remember my interaction with this person because he was so wrought with guilt and conflict and just, you know, cognitive dissonance as we've, as we've talked about. And what had brought him to therapy was his wife was about to leave him. He had some pretty significant anger issues. Um, he was a charming guy. I mean, he. I remember it's... He, Upon his presentation, were it not for his nonverbal communication, because his nonverbals were like he had 200,000 pounds sitting on his shoulder. And it, it was a defeated, like I'm carrying this weight around, but it was also kind of an anxious fidgety all at the same time. But he himself was a very charming, sincere man. And it, it took several weeks uh, upon his presentation he was like you know i've been hiding something my entire life and i i just can't keep it hidden anymore and i'm like you know oh shit man yeah, serious <laughs> <time>. <laughs> right <laughs> like if this guy's telling me where a body's been hidden <laughs> like fuck i don't know what my duty to want like yeah. oh no no You know, so you kind of, so, you know, even in my own mind as a trained therapist, I'm still kind of like building myself up for, you know, the gravity of, you know, whatever. And I remember him saying, he finally mustered up the courage to say that his entire life, since he was a pre-adolescent boy, He had been lying about his parents' divorce. It started somewhat innocuously in that. So you gotta remember, here's a guy close to 70, right? So this is 60 years ago, something like that, right? So divorce (laughs) at that time, 50% of marriages did not end divorce. You know, it wasn't it wasn't as common. And I just I vividly remember him. The day that he, his parents told him they were getting divorced, he had a little league baseball game. And he went to the baseball game and his dad didn't come. That's when the lie started. Yeah, Where's your dad? Well, he had to work late. And then the next baseball practice, where's your dad? He got a different job. He's traveling now. So at, at that point in time, he starts constructing this narrative, lying about where his dad is because he had owned the shame of the divorce, right? So that's that part of the process of secrecy. It's like, okay, the imperative of keeping this hidden, I have to keep my parents' divorce hidden, and I'm terrified of what would happen if anyone knew this about yeah, And so you can empathize, right, with a young adolescent boy saying, you know, I don't fucking want to tell my friends that my parents got a divorce. And so as we tracked that through his life, the decisions that he made to keep that secret, it ended up where he was working out of state to... Keep this secret.
1: Uh, He's still maintaining that as an adult? Yes.
0: (laughs) And what really brought it to a head was he had just retired. So now he is spending more time with his wife, who he deeply loved, deeply, deeply loved, but was now had all of this compulsive anger Because he was just so uptight about keeping the secret and what it had become. And so you can see how he's like constructed this entire life narrative around this thing that 99% of people would care for 15 (laughs) minutes and then they'd be on to the next thing. And he felt like the second that he would reveal this, his life would be over.
1: And that was the the ten year old boy thinking that. I mean yes. that, that got lodged in his head then. Absolutely. So he didn't get a chance to rethink that at twenty or twenty five. Because
0: the again, right, the process of secrecy is an imperative that I have to keep this hidden. Then a fear that if it were revealed, you would reject me. And so it's fascinating. I often went talking to people about this in session. I I will always often use the example of so if I told you I'm going to punch you in the face before the end of this session, one, what does your mind become
1: preoccupied with? Oh, yeah, watching for that right hook.
0: Right? (laughs) Similarly, what happens is your anxiety continues to increase. Every minute that that clock ticks, and I don't hit you in the face, your anxiety continues to grow to where you're finally like, just hit me in the fucking face and get it over with. <laughs> I mean, it's consuming. So it's yeah. almost, it's 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 almost like that. That every day that you pull off keeping your secret, the pressure increases the next day.
1: Oh, because you got it built into it, right? Like, I'm, I'm,
0: yeah. And what did I, who did I tell today? What did I, what narrative did I, how do I keep? And so keeping this thing hidden becomes all consuming. We don't often inventory our lives in terms of what secrets are we keeping, an imperative that I have to keep it hidden, and fear of rejection if I disclose this. Because if it's something like, even with this particular situation, it's like something that's completely understandable. Oh, we would, if he told anybody and everybody, hey, you know, when I was nine years old, I wanted to, I didn't want my friends to know that my parents got divorced. So I made up a story about my dad. It's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. I would have totally (laughs) done that too. Right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But that's the power of that process of secrecy, almost to the point where I'm terrified if anyone would know this about me.
1: And it looks like it gets worse as you build on it. So the first time he told it, if the next day he'd have come clean, he'd only got a day's worth of lies or secrets invested. Right. But once you get a year into it, I mean, how do you back out of that? It, exactly. Yeah. And then the stakes just
0: continue to increase.
1: Yeah. Oh, Now, at some point, are you, are you just maybe ashamed of the fact that you kept the secret, not exactly. that what the secret was. Right.
0: So now, so imagine coming into an, a therapist's office, right? And you're like, "Oh man, what if I find out I'm more fucked up than I think I, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. it, you know, that first day of therapy not, not fun. Like maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Maybe I'll just go home as screwed up as I think I am yeah. without finding out more, yeah. right? So now you, so your point is so valid. It's like, okay, now I'm 67 years old and I've kept this secret since I was nine years old. How do I tell someone I've been keeping in a secret, right? So it just has this compounding effect. And what it literally does is, is it disconnects us from life mm-hmm. in a very real
1: way. For example, our significant other, it, it's not that it's just we have a disconnecting relationship, all of life, it's like-
0: All of life. What if you knew the truth about me and you can't know the truth? Yeah. And so everything now is dictated by me hiding my authentic self. For me, when I grew up, sexuality was very taboo in my family. Like we, didn't, <laughs> we, we had a sex talk, but I had to go to therapy. Like, <laughs> I had to do several sessions of therapy to deal with the sex talk because okay. I, I can remember it, man. My dad's anxiety was running high, <laughs> and uh, he's like, Jeffrey, let's go for a walk. I'm like, let's do what? We're going for a walk. We don't do that, right? Yeah, so right. I'm like, shit, this can't be good. <laughs> so his anxiety's running so high that he's walking, I don't know, 15 oh, miles per hour, man. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> <laughs> And he's like unloading like every myth about sex and sexuality that has ever been like literally your eyes will go crossed and like
1: oh he's not revealing it as a myth he's telling no you these mean. are the
0: facts son <laughs> this is the science about <laughs> sex and it's like and and not that I wanted to wanted there to be a Q and A session but there was no Q and A session it was like once that talk was over it was over <laughs> and it, okay <laughs> shit. So at that point in time, I had already discovered some aspects of my sexuality, if you will. Mm. So it becomes this massive thing that I have to keep hidden. You know, something as natural as our sexuality, which is fairly common, right? I mean, we're all sexual. I mean, our strongest survival instinct is you know, survival of the species. So sex drive is pretty powerful yeah, yeah. and we don't talk about it very much. So then I can't even talk about this. So I remember when in late adolescence, even in college, if guys were talking about, you know, Hey man, you know, whatever, yeah. I'll spare you. Cause I've, <laughs> I already put you through the porn talk. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try to, Okay. I'll try to talk about what guys talk about. Yeah. Talk, right. Um, well, I think girls talk about it too, but it's oh, like, they talk about, we just, they, they go their way. We go our way anyway. Um, what the hell are we even talking about now? I mean, I've, I've been, I'm just sitting here trying to protect you. Anyway, I'm talking about masturbation, Greg. <laughs> okay. That's what we're talking about. And, uh, so I couldn't, even if i even if somebody made just kind of a joke or something they'd be like oh you're disgusting oh my god you know mm-hmm. it's like this it just was like so threatening because of this aspect of my identity that had shame associated yeah. with it nobody can know this about me yeah and it very much affected my dating relationships it affected ultimately affected my marriage and again it wasn't anything that i intended to keep as a secret right, right? and would probably have never considered had I not experienced it through my own clients, how destructive keeping secrets had been to them. And then it was like, holy shit, man, maybe I need to like, yeah. you know, is this yeah. step number four, fearless moral inventory? You know, yeah. what kinds of things am I terrified of people knowing about me? Yeah. And then, of course, the biggest one for me was – I don't know the best way to articulate this, but whenever I walked away from religion, dude, you do that at 42 years old, Mm -hmm. man? You piss off the creator of the universe that can send you to hell at 42 years old? That fucks with your head. (laughs) But then at that point, most of my support system were people of faith, people who had a religious orientation. And so it's like, shit, how do I keep this secret? Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know? yeah. and with leading up to the point when you made that decision to come out with it, you were living with that secret. That had to be destructive.
0: Well, and, it, you know, that's a good point. And that started, oddly enough, when I went to seminary. <laughs> I'm like, I just moved my family. I, I don't know. The, um, we'll have Justin look up the distance between Evansville <laughs> and Dallas. Um, long way. I, I just moved my family. I'm in seminary. I don't believe this stuff. Oh no. Holy shit balls.
1: I don't see how you held it together emotionally. I don't think I, mean, I did, dude. Okay, well, yeah. I can
0: remember going through the motions. Um, but but there it was difficult, you know, yeah. and it was I remember a lot of time pleading with God, like I don't wanna like <laughs> I don't it, that's an interesting prayer, right? Like yeah, yeah. hey God, make me not be an atheist. Like <laughs> if you could if you could keep me from like unraveling this thing that I have been attached to my entire life, I I would That would be useful right now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you think about like, you know, because evangelical Christianity was my only experience, right? Mm -hmm. And like, God's heart, God hardens his heart toward, I'm like, ah, shit. Mm -hmm. God has hardened his heart towards me, man. I'm going to spend eternity in hell. Damn, this sucks. (laughs) I wanted to go, I wanted to go to heaven and like, Do heaven stuff,
1: yeah. or at least not be sharp enough to know hell was the other option. Yeah, right. You know? Like some, So,
0: so it's just like even in my personal life, until recently, I don't know that I gave this notion of secrecy the attention that it deserves. And I can tell you that revealing these things about me, mm-hmm. you know, talking a little bit about the shame that has been associated with my sexuality you know that's mm-hmm. fucking awesome yeah like talking to a therapist about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talking to my therapist about um how come every time i have sex i ever feel like i'm going to hell like is that no, you know <laughs> it's <that> like <laughs> is that is that normal like um you you know and and then more recently thinking about i can't hide the fact that religion is not useful for me anymore I think telling you that Mm -hmm. was like, you know, it felt like I was cheating on you, you know, it's like, man, how am I going to tell one of my best friends that (laughs) (laughs) like, I'm, I'm a liar, dude. (laughs) I don't believe this stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. The experience of disclosing those things was radical. I mean, it was radical because it had become these massive things in my world to where I felt a hopelessness to and then to finally tell somebody. That's why I don't understand why everybody doesn't have a therapist. (laughs) Because you can tell them the craziest shit that goes through your mm-hmm. mind and they cannot tell anybody, yeah. uh, Stucky <laughs> If you need to make an appointment, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. shameless plug. Um, needed. but feeling like I then started actually living my life. Oh, this is who I am. And then finding people, one, finding people like you that were like, okay, let's, yeah. what's next, you yeah. know? Yeah. And like, Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah. That was supposed to end with you like terminating yeah. the relationship. Right, right. And sincerely thought that. I thought uh-huh. it would be just like, okay, that, hey, I've enjoyed spending time with you, but uh, can't be around your type. You unclean. <laughs> get away from me. Yeah. To feel attached to life and then to find, develop genuine attachments. Mm. with people without a secret. I, I wish I could put into words the experience of constructing a relationship with no secrets. Yeah,
1: that would be phenomenal. And, and the example you brought up, e- even with us, it's like that should be um, something a guy could look at and say, well, I could reveal something really uh, important, something dear to me, and my, my best friend's are not going to reject me. You know, even though if he totally thinks the opposite. So yeah, that could be big.
0: And they've done uh, significant research around this area because it, it is, we think of secrets typically just kind of in a moral context, but I think it's useful to look at it as a in a psychological context. One, just the cost to me. Oh, yeah. But they they did an experiment where they had someone write down they're secret, and then they showed them objects, and it, I I can't remember exactly how they measured this, but objects appeared much bigger than they actually were. Mm-hmm. So it was like the experience of like disclose, like acknowledging that I have a secret. Now again, yeah. they didn't tell anybody else, right? It yeah. was just, hey, we just want you to. I, I believe they had them write the secret down, like, you yeah. know, then they, th- yeah. whatever. And and all of the sudden, when they exposed them to these external stimuli, everything seemed bigger. Yeah. Everything had more consequence to it.
1: It literally changed their view of the physical world. Yeah, yeah. I read that. And they it, it said even hills seemed steeper. They yes. would show them things, and it was like, wow, that's big.
0: Right. So you imagine like, Holy shit, man, this is like, (laughs) this is literally changing the way that I perceive the physical world that I live in. So, and then the antidote to that was they set up a phone booth, and you, and and I can't remember, they put some kind of a sign up that said, like, if you have a secret and you wanna share your secret, right? Mm -hmm. So you go into this phone booth. And you could listen to other people's secrets that they had disclosed, right? Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to, then you could kind of record into that your secret. Mm-hmm. The emotional impact of just saying it, having some place where they could just finally say it out loud and and feel like someone was going to hear it yeah. was life-changing.
1: Do you think that's because it's a a purging or revealing or or maybe even connect to the fact that no one responded to cause them more shame and and fear?
0: So I think it's all of that, but critically, we are social beings. We are social beings. Given that, I am desperate for social connection with you. But I have yeah. to hide this from you. Yeah. So any time that I'm engaged with you, I'm more concerned about hiding this part of me mm. than being engaged in you and I's yeah. relationship. Wow, well, that could be limiting. And then the pressure just builds, right? Yeah. Shit. Okay, I pulled it off today. Will I be able to pull it off next time with Gray? Yeah. And so, what? Why I think that is so critically important for us as men. And there's several layers to this, but one, it goes back to our discussion of vulnerable emotions. We don't get to feel vulnerable emotions, and we sure as hell ain't going to talk about them. <laughs> those vulnerable emotions are true to all of us. Mm-hmm. And the weight of keeping those to ourselves is causing us, again, to be excel at things that we don't want to excel at, which are addiction and suicide. Those are things that men are good at that we don't, we want to be less good at. And so when you think about, you track, you attach that to secrecy, right? And it's like the stress of keeping this hidden from you is clearly going to lend itself to addictive compulsive behavior. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just so fucking stressed out that I got to keep myself, I have to distract myself from myself. Yeah. And then the other part of that, when the weight of that builds, right? So I've, I've built this narrative over time, and I can't let you know this, and All I right. feel so disconnected. You can see how the weight of that would ultimately lend itself to suicidal thinking or ultimately I just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So that that social connection and and we as men are so disconnected from each other. Yeah. We're not connected in any real way whatsoever, right? And then the other part of that is because we are so uncomfortable with vulnerable vulnerable emotions that we do this thing in relationships where we make our wife's emotional temperature the determination of how healthy our relationship is. The old adage, if mama ain't happy, <laughs> ain't nobody happy. Yeah. It, In some respects, that's that's very true in a way that we don't think of it. It is common when I work with men in the marital context or significant relationship, they don't want to upset their wife, right? So their, their marital paradigm, if you will, would be don't do anything to upset her. Mm-hmm. If I upset her, I'm a bad husband. If I make her happy, she's, then I'm a good husband, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I see this a lot of times with men and money. <laughs> it's like, you know, they want to go spend some money on something stupid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and they become a little boy in the yeah, relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, huh? Do I ask forgiveness? Do I ask permission? Do I try to get? So all of a sudden, this becomes a secret. Mm-hmm. And then, whatever I spent the money on becomes a secret. Yeah. And then, getting away—oh shit! I got away with it. I wonder if I can get away with it again, <laughs> right? And so this, then, this thing just starts to compound to where I'm not married anymore. Mm-mm. I still have the legal document, yeah. and but I'm I'm not deeply intimately connected with my wife. Mm. There's a couple of other elements that I'll, I'll throw these out there and you can tell me how much we need to talk about it because there is a difference between a secret and confidentiality. And I think that is an important distinction because again, a secret is something that necessarily has shame associated with it. It's no one can know this about me and I'm terrified of what would happen if they did. Confidentiality is parts of myself that I choose to keep private, but I don't have any shame associated with it. I just, I don't know if I can trust you with this part of me. We all have a right to confidentiality. This part of me, I get to keep to myself. Now, I want to be very clear, okay, because... I can use that, right? Oh, well, I don't have any shame associated with it. It's just confidential bullshit. (laughs) I mean, that's bullshit. Uh, If you haven't told anybody at all, then you can try to use confidentiality to rationalize your secret, but no, it's, it, and, and. So I can't really limit that. You know, some people might hear that and might think, oh, well, yeah, confidentiality. I don't have to tell my wife that I did this. That's confidential bullshit. Um, So, but I can't help you on that, man. If you're, again, this isn't the shitty person podcast. This is the man-made good guys trying to be better guys. So- And I know when when I work with a client that that's an important distinction because oftentimes they'll have a part of their life, usually a traumatic experience, that they feel like is a secret, right? And then they'll overshare because they feel like they're keeping a secret. And it's like, hey, I need you to know this about me. And it's like you get to decide who knows that past trauma about. You get to decide who you trust that with yeah, yeah, and if you decide that someone can't be trusted with it, that's not you keeping a secret. You have the right to that, right. and that may be. Does that distinction make sense? Because I think it's an important one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We don't have to disclose everything, but the things that are actually causing us discord within, then we need to contemplate. You know, if that's something we need to share, uh, make adjustments in our life or whatever, but. Yeah, I just don't think vomiting all the information about your past is going to be helpful. Yeah,
0: and yeah. that and that becomes that does become a complicated topic yeah. and maybe we should devote more time to that at some point because it's like when you think about a marital relationship, right? How much of my past do I disclose? You know, I want to be I want a deep intimate connection. What if I had a trauma in my past and I really have dealt with it? If I disclose that trauma, to my spouse, I don't know, you know, maybe I got arrested. I don't know, you know, something. But it's like, and I've genuinely dealt with it. At what point in the relationship do I say, you know, it's not a first date thing. Yeah, like, right, right. just so you know, I got felony charges for uh, <laughs> trafficking cocaine when I was, I totally made that up. I'm, you can look up my record. I've never been arrested. I'm not saying I shouldn't have been. I'm just saying I never have been. Um, where do you, you know, where do you fit that into a relationship? Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things, you can see the complexity of all of this. Yeah. So I don't want to oversimplify it, but the, the thing that I want to punctuate is, We as men are keeping secrets. And the primary secrets that we are keeping relates to the vulnerable emotions. Being afraid, feeling inadequate, feeling insecure, feeling like we're not good enough, feeling depressed. feeling All of those research is clear. We are keeping those secrets and it's literally killing us. And then the other thing is, Fucking tell somebody. Yeah.
1: and If anything, that's got to be the the takeaway here.
0: Find somebody safe. Again, I know this sounds like a gratuitous plug, (laughs) but this is why I have so much faith in therapy, because it provides a legal, ethical context to where you can go share what you need to share. Always know that's the bedrock of therapy. The bedrock of therapy is to find a safe place. It can be a pastor. It can be, it it can, the power is finally telling it and letting yourself let go of it. It is terrifying to do that. Yeah. But the reward, the impact, I've experienced it in my own life, I've seen it in the lives of countless clients, friendships. The power of getting out from under the process of secrecy is genuinely life-changing.
1: Well, that's great. That is definitely shaman material right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I,
0: I'm expecting my certificate sometime next week. Yeah, okay.
1: So it uh, <clears throat> sounds like a good place to wrap up there, Jeff. Um, yeah,
0: Again, it's a complex topic. I'm sure that one that we'll continue to revisit. Mm-hmm. Thank you for our friendship for handling my secrets
1: <laughs> yeah and the same goes here buddy i appreciate you allowing me to to open up
0: and i got some shit on greg that you people wouldn't believe and i'm telling you man it's all good stuff you'd be
1: like yeah, didn't you do not believe he did this it was good <laughs> that's it's stupid. the thing
0: because if i told no one would believe it yeah they'd be like you fu- you're making that shit up but it's uh the gift of friendship perhaps there's yeah. no greater gift yeah thank you all right man good to see you as always